0: Tim Leonard, we are back. The long hiatus is over. We are back. We are here to give the people what they need. So much to talk about. We've got Rick Patino in town. Ricky P. He's imparting <laughs> the knowledge on these kids. He's trying to reach these kids right now. We've got Clemson coming up this week. This is gonna be this I'm gonna say it. This is our most important cast of all time. I was going to say it, so I'm glad you're saying and, it. And we've talked, we've done, like, rip everything, scrap everything up, and let's go talk about Darius Baisley decommitting, Tyus Battle yeah. coming back. We've I mean, done we, breaking we've news. We've done some breaking news pods, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is our most important pod yet because whenever Rick Pitino's involved, you know something juicy's going to happen. We've got a lot of thoughts on what's going on with Ricky P in the 315. We've also got a lot of thoughts about Clemson. So I'm excited for this one. All right, all right, let's just do this right now. Let's just do it. Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans! It's time to pour yourself
1: a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the Central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio.
0: All right, Fizz Nation, we've got a treat for you today. Tyler, Rocky. Tim Leonard, you can follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore Leonard four, follow me on Twitter at Tyler Aki underscore, you can also follow The Fizz on Twitter at Orange Fizz, also catch us online, orangefizz.net, and also on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts at Orange Fizz. Be sure to subscribe and also rate five stars, because I know Rick Patino <laughs> would be rating us five stars with all the pub we're about to give him right now. I, listen, we've got where do so we begin? much- I don't even know where to begin- we we kind of just mapped out the show, and in all caps, I just wrote Patino. <laughs> and then I, I have a bunch of like subcategories for Syracuse football. But with, we'll, we'll get to all of our Syracuse football thoughts. And, and if you don't give a rat's ass about Rick Patino, then just skip forward. I mean, we won't be offended. But right. if you don't love Rick Patino, then you, then I don't know why you listen to us yeah, in the first place. This is
1: our brand. I mean, I mean <laughs> you got to find another podcast. I don't know. I mean,. Yeah. This is right. We up don't our want alley. you. We yeah. don't want you if you don't want
0: Rick. All right. So first of all, I mean, breaking news that we just haven't talked about yet on this podcast. But Rick Patino's on Twitter. All right, yeah. at real Patino, and just let's just talk about a couple things before we dive into what his Twitter account is. First of all, he calls like his following the patuidos.
1: I just I don't even. There's That's so much epic. to
0: digest. <laughs> That's epic. He's got like. Do you see this picture? The it's pituitos. like There's like. All right, Petuitos, start your day off with a healthy bowl of these. They're verified and it's like a check mark and it's like a Twitter bowl. It's supposed to be like a spin spinoff. So how many of these
1: tweets do you think he's actually tweeting himself? Dude, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say they are all him. hundred percent. like this has gotta be all him. Oh man, it's amazing. I he's... think he's at
0: the point now where he's just like FPR like, I'm me, I'm gonna do me. And this is what Rick Patino is going to become. And I cannot wait. Like, we have to preserve this man.
1: So he took the Skip Bayless route. Yep. He's got no. He's following no one. Following no He's got 27.6 thousand followers. I feel like that's just. When you're not following anyone, that's just basically you saying, I'm a big deal. And you are, I don't need to follow people, and I will get followers. Also,
0: can we just go through his Twitter bio right now? Yes, of course. Elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2013, winner of two national championships and one of two coaches to take three different schools to the Final Four.
1: Wasn't one of those national championships vacated, or am I misremembering that?
0: Uh, You are not misremembering that. So he's still, you know, he's giving himself credit for it, of course. He won those titles. (laughs) He won them. Fair and square. Um, Anyway. So Rick's on campus. He's meeting up with Beheim and the bunch. and, And remember... Rick Pitino was on Jim Beheim's staff way back in the day. Yeah, he tweeted about it. I believe Beheim was the one that gave him, like, his first real shot. He said, Uh, uh,
1: he tweeted, Great to have two days with the man who hired me as his first assistant 40 years ago. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Wow. You and I haven't been alive
0: for, I think, like, between the two of us, we're a little over 40.
1: Yeah, but apparently I look like Rick Pitino, so yeah, I guess I just do. look
0: old, although I've been told all my life that I look young, so. Yeah, slick Rick. <laughs> Slim Tim. Um, but yeah, so Rick Pitino in town, and yeah, like you said, they were at Varsity together. I believe Red Autry was there too, yeah. but no So I've got to a sob story
1: about that. All right, let's see. I that.
0: was literally on Marshall Street
1: getting lunch that day, and when the photo surfaced, I don't know the exact time they were in varsity, but the photo surfaced and you texted me maybe an hour or an hour and a half after I left varsity or I left Marshall Street. I thought about going to varsity and instead went to Jimmy John's. And I'm going to regret that decision for the rest of my life. Imagine if I stepped into varsity and just saw Rick Pitino, Jimmy B, Red Autry, the whole crew eating wings or whatever they were eating.
0: I feel like Jimmy John's has to sponsor the pod now because... Of that lethal miss.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a good lunch at Jimmy John's. It just would have would have been much better Rick, if I, I went mean, to Varsity.
0: Jim's not going to Jimmy John's with the Rick. No, no, I absolutely mean, not. He not had to happy. take him there. I just, yeah.
1: how did we not know that he was in town? It could have been. I guess they they wanted to keep it discreet. And I mean, they went to Varsity. They were definitely seen, and and the jokes were out there on yeah. barstool, whatever you name it. There were tons of jokes to go around, as there always are with Rick Pitino.
0: If you're the cashier, what do you do?
1: I I guess you just play it cool. I mean, I mean, granted, like not everyone knows Rick Pitino, but no, y- everybody knows people Rick Pitino. Be able to place everyone knows
0: Beheim, and then like Beheim's company, just like yeah, you're all free too, right? But like, if you see Rick Pitino and Jim Beheim, like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> you just <laughs> you play it off. They, they, I'm sure Jimmy B has ate there, you know. Yeah, I'm sure a million times now, and who knows if he's like the biggest name that he's been eating with alongside, but Rick Patino's probably up there. That must oh, he's have definitely been up there. A moment for that cashier for sure.
0: And and yeah, I mean shout out to people at varsity. They're all great. Yeah. And great food. They should also sponsor the pod. They should also sponsor the pod. Um we're just yearning for sponsors. Yeah. So Rick's out here imparting knowledge on the kids. Uh you can just see Jim Behan kind of posted up and when you look at the picture that that he they tweeted out that Rick tweeted out. Um, you see like everybody just sitting there and, and taking in what this great man has to say. First of <laughs> all, the first thing that kind of came to my mind is where the hell is Tyus Yeah, Battle?
1: Where's Mark too? Where's
0: Mark? I they, mean, they're
1: definitely there. Right. Just not seen. This photo's taken at an angle where there's definitely more players that yeah. are that are missing. But I don't see Tyus or Mark. I see almost everyone else. So, Frank Howard's in the
0: front row. Whenever you go see a speaker who, like, does big speeches all the time and, like, will go talk to, like, big pro sports teams, they're always the ones that say, like, you know, I go talk to the Patriots, and I talk to the Warriors, and I talk to <laughs> the Cavaliers, and you know who's sitting in the front row and asking questions? Tom Brady, LeBron James, <laughs> Steph Curry. Right, that's the classic. O'Shea, you're not getting a pass, pal. I see you in the second row right there. yeah. O'Shea is, and for all we know, Tyus battles in Pascal's in the top row. In the row. front row, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I can see Pascal sitting in the back just because, like, he's so damn tall. But when you look at the front row of this, it is walk on, walk on, walk on. Buddy Beheim, Robert Braswell, Frank Howard. That's a little alarming to me.
1: Maybe a touch, yeah. And maybe I'm
0: just being overreactive, just for the sake of overreacting to the fact that Rick Patino's in town. I mean, granted, this is a small room. It's, it's a not small like room. He's but, in some big auditorium, but still. I want to see Tyus battle sitting in that front row, and I'm not saying he's not, but he should be front and center.
1: Yeah. So Slick
0: Rick knows what he's talking about. We've got to get into Donovan Mitchell. Yeah,
1: we've got to get into to Rick's outfit choice yeah. here. Oh because yes, this is epic. The old saying: you dress for the job you want, not the job you currently have. He'll be at CNN in three months. <laughs> he is rocking some sweatpants, some Adidas tennis shoes. And then he went full Bill Belichick with the cutoff hoodie up, up top. I don't
0: I'm not getting a good angle on this, but I believe that's a Nike. Yeah, I think that is a Nike he, He's just, with the Adidas shoes. He so. is disaffiliating from Adidas after everything that went down. That is a Nike cutoff hoodie. Yeah, and
1: he's got Jordan sweatpants, I believe. So also I mean, he's he's going all out on Adidas essentially, in, in except for the shoes. But I don't know. I mean, Questionable outfit choice. If you're giving a speech, if you're trying to motivate these young men, how long do we think this speech lasted? Like 10 minutes, 15 minutes?
0: Well, apparently he's been with the team for a while. Two days, right? Two days, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of time. What is he telling them?
1: Like, (laughs) I mean, I I I know this guy's accomplished. I don't get me wrong. Like, I know he's a great coach. I'm sure he has a lot of wisdom to share, but at the end of the day, like, what is he going to tell them that Beheim's, you know, already has or can already tell them himself?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's something, but.
1: He he blows me away. He's just a character. And then the the tweet about it where he says he goes into, you know, spend a couple of days with the Q's Men's basketball program. They will be more explosive offensively this year. It won't be in the hands of the selection committee this year. He says this is a legit top 25 team. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Rick. A and B, kind of a subtle jab there to say it won't be in the hands of the selection committee this year.
0: Yeah, Rick's out for blood with the yeah. NCAA, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Um, any last Rick Patino thoughts before we move on? He's just can can Jim just put him back on the staff? That'd be awesome. I'd be in on that. I mean, R- I'm not saying Rick would want to fill, do that. He uh, can
1: fill Eric Devendorf' strength and training yeah. conditioning. Coach. I mean, look,
0: he's got the sweatsuit ready to go. Right. Like. Maybe that's the job job he's dressing for.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's I don't know what's next for Rick Pitino, and I'm eager to find out. But he went to Cincinnati before this. Is is this what his Twitter is? Is he just gonna? It's tour just so, to all of these. Yeah. Like, is he trying to get like an? He's ESPN... the new. He's the new
0: John Rothstein, where he's just going to practices.
1: <laughs> right. So he's gonna try and get the Syracuse corner too, if he's the new John Rothstein. Yeah. But is he trying to become like Seth Greenberg? Like, is he? I I don't know what he's going for here. Is he just trying to stay in the limelight or is is he just genuinely trying to like go meet up with Jim and
0: have some wings and yeah. talk about basketball a little hey, bit? He's gotta give content to the Petweetos. <laughs> exactly. And we are Petweetos. All right. Anything else about Rick? I think I think we, move I think on we to hit it all. Some Syracuse football stuff. We
1: I mean this is a huge game. We we should start talking football. I, I know Rick Petino is right up our alley and all that, but this is a huge game for Syracuse this week against Clemson, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are excited to hear our thoughts on that and everything of that nature, so I'm I'm ready to get into football.
0: All right, let's do it. So, before we even start, I mean, the drama before the drama. I mean, Kelly Bryant... It's been a wild week for Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Bryant gets benched uh, by Dabo Sweeney a couple days ago. It's announced on Monday, I Announced think, Monday. Right? What's today? Wednesday? Wednesday is today. Today yep. is Wednesday. Uh, about 7 o'clock, and today, earlier in the day, we find out that Kelly Bryant is going to transfer. And God bless this new redshirt rule, because without it, we would be in a state of turmoil right now, and now Kelly Bryant gets that extra year uh, with the four games. It's kind of, I mean, if you're Dabo Sweeney and this new redshirt rule is introduced, he played his cards the right way. Yeah, Where you're going to give Kelly Bryant four games to prove himself if you think Trevor Lawrence is way better, then you're going to pull the trigger and you're going to be starting uh, Trevor Lawrence for the rest of the season. That way you can send Kelly Bryan off the right way. And Kelly Bryant's kind of, I'm not going to say immature, but I'm not not going to say immature. Well, I'm because sure Because he's calling it, was. it a slap in the face, but yeah. at the same time. He got outplayed. You got outplayed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no way around this right now. Trevor Lawrence is the, the clearly superior he's quarterback. Filthy. I mean, first of all, I want to just want to say the hair bothers me. <laughs> it does bother me a little bit, too, but well, he's, the, he's the real deal. I'm not saying he's God or, like, the next Brady <laughs> the or whatever, coming. but, like, he's a damn good quarterback, and we'll get to him in a little bit, but Kelly Bryant, I, I think he's acting like a little bit of a child with this, because Dabo gave him an out, and... Now it's on you. Do you want to accept the out or do you want to be a little baby about it? And right yeah. now he's he's crying and whining. And Dabo could have easily have done what Nick Saban is probably going to end up doing with Jalen Hurts and let this kind of drag out for the whole season and then you have to deal with it the entire year being asked of, oh, uh, how do you feel about Trevor Lawrence getting all this playing time over you and, and all the spotlight and stuff like that? No, Kelly Bryant doesn't have to deal with that. And now he's going to get another year at... Pretty much whatever college he wants to.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be clear, it's not like he's treating, being saying that he's, it's fine if he wants to transfer it. That's completely fine. But the way he said this is a slap in the face, and I get it, it's an ego check, and he went from hero to zero kind of overnight But was he ever
0: the hero? I never thought he was that great.
1: I always thought he was kind of overrated, if anything. So... It's the right decision for Clemson. Trevor Lawrence has outplayed him. He's the better quarterback. And frankly, maybe I didn't see it coming this week in particular, them making the announcement on Monday to start Trevor Lawrence and go that route. But I felt like it was kind of inevitable. I, yeah. I you know, there was talk that he was going to maybe just play those four games in red shirt. I always knew based on the credentials that Lawrence had coming in and just the way he played against Georgia Tech last week, four touchdowns. That was... That was everything that you could have asked for from a freshman quarterback. He's earned it. Brian has played so-so when he's been in there. They have been worse than when Lawrence has been in there. Dabo's making the right move, and frankly, Brian should transfer at this point. I mean, this is what he—he's got one more year left. He's already graduated from Clemson. Take advantage of it. Go play at a a bigger school where you're actually going to get some playing time next year, but don't whine about it. I agree with you.
0: So Bleacher Report came out with a list of five teams— that Kelly Bryant could transfer to, Syracuse was number four, and I just thought that was absolutely idiotic. that makes no sense to to me to see. I mean, would Kelly Bryant fit into Syracuse's system? Yeah, sure. I guess. But like, I mean, he's a dual threat
1: guy, but I don't know. Personally, I'd rather have Devito next year than I Kelly Bryant. Yeah, I, think I don't Tom- think we're going out on a limb there.
0: No, no, neither do I. Because when you look at what Tommy Devito, and granted, it's been a small sample size. And he's only had like one impressive game that was against Florida State in that second half. The other three have really actually been unimpressive, but there were flashes in pretty much every single other game where you're like, all right, this guy could be pretty good. Yeah. So for me, it'd be a slap in the face to Tommy DeVito. It would. Hey. That You're going to bring this guy in and put DeVito on the back Because again, DeVito had options at the end of his recruiting. And Dino said, listen, you're going to. I don't, listen, I don't know what Dino said, but I'm assuming it went somewhere along the lines of, you're going to be the guy as soon as Eric's out of here, and you're even going to have a chance to compete with Eric for that starting spot, and now if you bring in Kelly Bryant, that's just a slap in the face, because you had offers at places like A&M, Washington State, other Power Fives that you fended off because you thought Syracuse was loyal to you, and this would be Syracuse not being loyal to you if they brought in a guy like Kelly Bryant.
1: Yeah, and... You know, look, DeVito has been slightly unimpressive, or he's been unimpressive in three of those four games, but a lot of that is because he's playing with second-string guys in those games. When he played with the first-string guys against Florida State, primetime game, huge game for Syracuse, he came out and he delivered right away with that pass to Custis and then guided the ship all the way through the second half. The potential is there. He's not only more talented than Kelly Bryant, but... I don't even think there's much of a learning curve. I think that DeVito can get to Bryant's level by next season. Bryant, to me, has always been overrated, like we touched on. He's not a great passer. If anything, the value with him is he's got great legs and he can extend plays with his legs. He's a dual-threat guy, kind of like Dungey, but I don't think he's as good as Dungey, and I don't think he's going to be as good as DeVito next year or even especially when Tommy DeVito grows and by his junior or senior year, obviously you're going to go with Devito over Dungey or Devito over Bryant. Then I guess you'd only be getting Kelly Bryant for one year anyway. But I don't think it's even worth considering.
0: So, also like I feel like Syracuse is a place where quarterback is not the position you want to bring in as a grad transfer. Yeah, you're gonna get There's one year Kelly Bryant. He doesn't know this system. He's gonna to have to pretty much scrap from day one. I'm not even sure he would win the battle with Devito. No, I don't, I don't think I don't he think
1: would. He... I'd rather have Devito. Yeah. And maybe it's just because we are all in on the hype train that is Tommy DeVito and everything, but he was highly recruited for a reason. He's got a great arm. You can already see the flashes of that, and he is going to put it all together. I would not be concerned whatsoever about his future and would not be looking at any sort of grad transfers, even Kelly Bryant, who, yes, he's a good quarterback. He led Clemson to a great season last year and so on, but he's nothing too spectacular. He's nothing that you're going to, Go and throw all your eggs into the Bryant basket when you've already got a great quarterback for the future.
0: All right, I want to move on now, real quickly, to Trevor Lawrence because this is just a completely different animal now that Syracuse is going up against. Lawrence, probably the best quarterback Syracuse will face all year. And I, I yeah. know they're going to face Ryan Finley later on, but he blows I'm,
1: Ryan Finley out of the water. Yeah. I'd say. in terms
0: of like long term prospects, definitely Trevor Lawrence. Um, even short-term, I would still give the nod to Trevor Lawrence, but maybe you could talk yourself into Ryan Finley. You can't talk me into it, though. So now that you've got Trevor Lawrence in there, again, this kid's making his first-ever start. A lot of pressure on him now because he's kind of the one that has to fend off this vengeance that Clemson kind of feels now towards Syracuse. Again, this is a revenge match. Yeah. And even though they're not saying it out of Clemson, they're thinking it. Absolutely. I mean, this is a team that hands you your only loss in the regular season last year and, and Clemson is known to choke away one game a year
1: yeah it was a team that the year before yeah, that to
0: choke away one game a year to a team that they shouldn't lose a game to and a lot of these guys are coming back and even guys that probably could have went to the NFL draft you look at like a Christian Wilkins Cleveland Farrell all those guys probably Their
1: whole D-line essentially yeah. yeah
0: they all probably could have went to the NFL and, and gone in the first round and they decided to come back yeah and I think that kind of says something about the culture that Dabo Sweeney has there, and also about how these guys are together. They want that national championship, and they're ready to, to fight for it, and I mean, that defensive line is just absolutely menacing. Yeah, We'll start off with that, but let's get back to Trevor Lawrence before we get too far off the rails. Listen, he's good, but at the same time, he's still a freshman, and he's going to make some of those freshman mistakes because Syracuse is probably going to throw a little different beast at him. I mean, I started looking into some of the, the SU defensive numbers for this year. They're pretty impressive in terms of where they stack up nationally. I'll, I'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a little bit. But Trevor Lawrence has only been sacked one time this year. And uh, Shout out to Julian Wiggum, by the way, because I, I saw that stat on his Twitter. And the way that I think you kind of get to a guy, get to a freshman, is maybe one, one play early, t- take a roughing the passer. Yeah. One, one early drive. I, I just hear that. Let him know you're there. And maybe you even get away with it too. But you get Alton Robinson coming around the edge, maybe just make sure he knows you're there. And, yeah. And and maybe you do like the the old Boston College trick where you get up and like you push off on him <laughs> when you when you're getting up back onto your feet. Just let him know you're there. I mean, I'm not saying play
1: dirty. Right. No. I I know you're not. But at the same time, this is a game that they need to Almost play perfect. I mean, when you start looking, you already mentioned the NFL talent on this Clemson team. How everyone came back, bought back into this is a national championship caliber yeah, there's,
0: team. There's four first round picks on that defense. And line.
1: Lawrence is going to be a first round pick. He's gonna be he's, a first
0: overall yeah, pick. Yeah.
1: He is I mean, this guy is a specimen, really. When you when you factor in everything, he's 6'6", 220, whatever he is, somewhere in that ballpark. Like we call muscle. we call
0: Tommy DeVito the golden boy. He's like the Bronze Boy compared yeah. to not—I don't even know like the Nickel Boy, like,
1: <laughs> right? What's Lawrence the che- is what's, the golden what's Boy. What's the
0: cheapest metal you can think of? Like,
1: yeah, that's not a copper. I mean, boy. Nickel Nickel would suffice, I <laughs> yeah. think. the The Golden Boy is Trevor Lawrence. He shattered Deshaun Watson's high school college or high school records in Georgia. He was the number two recruit on ESPN, I think, and number one on twenty four seven. He is about as good as you get at the quarterback position for a freshman. He's one of the best freshmen we've seen in a while. He's going to be that number one overall pick down the line. And this Clemson team is better than last year's Clemson team. When you factor in how everyone has bought back in, yes, they still have some weak spots. They're not picking off too many passes. You can get into the nitty-gritty. And we've talked about how Clemson tends to have one of those hiccups each year. It was Syracuse last year. It was Pitt the year before. They are a program that, until four or five years ago, was known for underachieving and not getting it done and having that Clemson-esque loss. But when you look at the rest of the schedule, they're going to be favored by 10, 12 points in each and every game, and they have just as good of a shot as anyone at running the table and winning the national title.
0: Yeah, they really do. And it, Again, it all comes down to that defense, because like the offense is good. But the defense is what makes this team elite. It takes and, it to another level, and and that's the reason why I think a team like Clemson could maybe hang with Bama. And right now, Alabama looks like they'll never lose a game.
1: Yeah, they're really they, good. Too. <laughs> they just
0: whoever they play, they just blow them out. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not. I don't think they'd blow out Clemson.
1: No, I, I think that'd be a very good game. And I think it'd mean, be like a
0: ten point, ten point Bama win.
1: Yeah, Clemson is. I think they're much better than they were last year, and a lot of that has to do with. Maybe some some of it has to do with Trevor Lawrence. I think is just better than Kelly Bryant, and I know Kelly Bryant got hurt in that Syracuse game, and that was a large reason why Syracuse ended up winning that game.
0: But also the fact that they put in Zara Cooper instead of Hunter Johnson. Yeah, and now Hunter Johnson odd. transferred.
1: Right. I can't. Speaking of hunters, we have to touch on this. How is Hunter Renfro still at Clemson? <laughs> I swear the he's been Alice there hundred years, and. And I mean, it's the classic joke, but he is the Greg Paulus or the Aaron Craft right now that is running in college because I, I just assumed that he'd be on the Patriots practice squad or yeah. on their team in some form by now. The I forgot
0: that, that he was still there. Okay. Here's the thing with like a guy like Aaron Craft or Perry Ellis. It's like, okay, like he was there one year too long. Hunter Renfro's been there like three years too yeah, long at this like, point.
1: <laughs> he was the like hero of the national championship yeah. team two years ago. And I thought he was a senior then apparently he was a sophomore cause now he's a senior. And I guess this is going to be the last year of Hunter Renfro barring some injury or something like that. But I mean, he is one I of think... the best receivers in the country still. I know he's not flashy. He's not your typical Clemson huge speedy athlete, but he gets it done and he's going to help out a freshman quarterback a lot because he's reliable. He's going to run the right routes and, and be there almost every single time for you. It's crazy that they have him, and he might still not be the best receiver on this Clemson roster. Their receivers are ridiculous. It might be their best position group. If anything, it's behind the defensive line, and that's because the defensive line, we know about it. Clemson is D-line U. They've been that way for a while, and this is arguably their best defensive line. But I'd say it's one A defensive line in terms of position groups for them, and one B wide receivers. I think their wide receivers are yeah. if anything underrated.
0: Uh, speaking of Hunter Renfro, his brother Cole is now on the team too. Really? So we're just gonna see like Renfro and just have flashbacks. wide receiver as well. Uh, he's a tight
1: end. Okay, he's
0: a five foot ten, two hundred thirty five pound tight end.
1: Wow. <laughs> so, so you know, again,
0: he's a, shorter than me.
1: Not the correct body shape or the body shape you'd think of for the position. But he's Hunter also a Renfro is or it was a walk on. Yeah. So interesting well yeah good so, for the
0: Renfro family yeah so the <laughs> Renfro blood clearly strong at Clemson speaking of okay this made me feel old Brian Dawkins Jr. is playing for Clemson right now and yeah. his dad just Brian Dawkins just went into the Hall of Fame
1: that's wild I remember watching him and it feels like just two or three years ago Dawkins was unreal as a player for the Eagles throughout those years but is his son playing at all or anything I it doesn't look like he plays very much yeah um, but maybe one day maybe yeah. down the road
0: Anyway, let's get into some Syracuse defense because I think this unit is not really getting the credit it deserves, and it's really only getting the praise in this area. But nationally, when you look at where this team stacks up with all the other teams in the country, I I put this in my piece. I did like a team A, team B, like guess which one's which? One's the Syracuse defense, one's the Clemson defense. There's, There's a dead giveaway in there, and it's the interceptions because Syracuse is second in the nation with seven.
1: Yeah, Andre Sisco Andre leading, the nation. leading the nation with 4.
0: Yeah. Uh, how about that? But Syracuse right now, 12th in the country in sacks, second in interceptions like I just mentioned, fifth in opponent red zone percentage and second in opponent third down percentage.
1: They were great at third down D last year too. Yeah, and
0: then this year they're under 20%. Yeah. So- and
1: at some point, you're going to have to start noticing that that's a trend. I mean, give credit to Ward, the defensive coordinator. Give credit to Vincent Reynolds, the defensive line coach. Dino did that in his press conference after the win over UConn, but they have really come up with different schemes this year that look a little different. Granted, the uh, the defensive line is just better as is, is in terms of personnel. They've got another year under their belt. Guys like Chris Slade and Kendall Coleman have been playing great. Alton, Alton Robinson, Robinson has been, been phenomenal. yeah, ACC player of the week this week and with sacks. And you know what? Sacks.
0: Here here's someone who's not getting a lot of credit that needs to start getting more, Kingsley Jonathan. Yeah. He's looked very good um in in reserve and he gives you that kind of extra piece where you don't have to throw Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman out there every single time. But um I I do think that this defensive line is not getting enough credit. And honestly like look at the look at this too. Chris Slayton doesn't have a sack yet this year.
1: Yeah. He's honestly, like, for he, all the hype
0: around him, and I know he's... He's kind of gone missing, but yeah, at the same time... He's a nose tackle. He's also doing the things where he's going to be the ones drawing the double teams. Right. And that's going to free up a guy like Kendall Coleman or Alton Robinson to get the sack. But he's right, he's got his nose in there, it seems like, a lot.
1: Yeah, I would say, though, like... Yes, these stats that you just listed, it's hard to argue. I mean, those are great. It's a great spot that Syracuse is in. They're 4-0 for the first time since 1991. Everything is going right for them right now. Can you
0: believe it? There are 21... Unbeaten teams in college football right now, and we are seeing two of them yeah. this Saturday. And there's four in the ACC,
1: and even NC State, because of Hurricane Florence, has played one less game. So NC State, Duke, Clemson, and Syracuse are those four How about remaining Duke?
0: teams getting into the rankings. Basketball
1: too. schools, man. I saw Kentucky, Kentucky's is still there. Unbeaten. Syracuse is
0: knocking on the door.
1: Yeah, Duke is 22 this week in the rankings. I think
0: I didn't see the exact yeah. number, but there, I know they're ranked. And I was just like, Are we sure they're that good? Yeah. Well, it's I'm kinda like sure. B C last they did, week. They did beat Northwestern on the road the other or two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was that a good was a win, pretty win for that But
1: I mean, Syracuse is they're they're on the cusp of being ranked. And now this game, if all goes to what we're expecting, they'll probably maybe if anything fall back a little bit, depending on how this Clemson game goes. But if they get to 6-1 and one or something, they could be right there. In the coaches' poll, they're getting, like, 83, 85 yeah. votes. It's more than they're actually receiving in the AP poll, which I think is in the mid-20s right now.
0: Yeah, I think it was 25. Yeah. but Okay, let me throw – do you see a scenario where Syracuse can lose this game and get ranked? No. I, I don't? Mean, Cause I mean, do. maybe if they lose in overtime or, like – I think if it's it's 10 points or less – and a couple of the other teams that are middling right there. Because, eh. again, this is a road game. Yeah. And the country's going to be watching. It's the noon ABC game. But,
1: I yeah, I mean, or I guess yes. the,
0: the eastern part of the country because <laughs>
1: exactly. why yeah. would you
0: wake up if you're on Pacific time to watch Syracuse Clemson? Well, here's the thing. If
1: they barely lose, a lot of it is going to go, oh, maybe Clemson's not as good as we thought.
0: It's yeah. not going to go the other way. They could way. shift the narrative that way, too. But I think, you know what? No, I— uh, because I still see it this way. I think a lot of people are starting to pick up what Syracuse is putting down. Because I saw, I was watching College Football Live today, and Desmond Howard and, and David Pollock were just saying, like like they were doing a, a thing about how this is like a 24-point spread. And, and we'll get to our thoughts on That's that in a little bit. But they were both appalled that that number's that high. And even though they may be playing for revenge and they're going to keep their foot on the gas the entire game, that number is appalling to me too. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive in a little more later on. It's but. just
1: hard because, yes, Florida State was a good win, and it was a good win in the sense that you blew them out and you
0: had the That's game. That's the thing, though. They have dominated every single game they've played. Was Western Michigan? A Western domination? Michigan was domination. When Eric Donigi was out there, it was domination.
1: Yeah, I I just think like you played. We I have say to pump Syracuse... the brakes
0: a little because they still. I mean, they've led. They've never trailed wire to wire. Which is impressive. That's impressive. I, don't, I don't care who you're playing. That's impressive. That means For you're sure. not allowing a first possession touchdown.
1: But UConn is one of the five worst teams in UConn, the FBS. Yes. No, Wagner is Wagner. We don't have to go into yeah. that. Western Michigan, it was a game on the road week one. Some weird things happened in that game. Whatever. I think the game that we expected to be the test was Florida State. The game that we were thinking, oh, they're probably going to lose that and be 3-1 and one at this point was Florida State. And it just wasn't the opponent we were expecting, so that's why that's I say true. pump the brakes a touch.
0: But at the same time, you're still going up against four and five star recruits left and right out there. Yeah, and but so and was I get that the cohesiveness Samford or whoever. Yeah, I get that the cohesiveness and stuff is not out there for Florida State right Florida now. State New State coach was a train wreck. I mean, I mean, uh, you, we can't as ignore we called that. them Florida State. Yeah, <laughs> but. I I think that that game everyone's trying to take away from that game, and I don't think that should be the case. At the at the end of the day, I mean, even though there was that one offensive lineman that was an absolute turnstile, yeah, but he was you could, awful. It
1: was their left tackle? Right? Your left tackle, yeah. the
0: guy who got DeAndre Francois planted multiple times that day. But you're still going up against four and five star guys out there. You're still going up against four and five star speed. You're still going up against four- and five-star athleticism, strength, all those other metrics.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's why I am on the camp of let's take it easy because I watched the first half of that Florida State game, and I didn't even think Syracuse played that well. Like I know it was a weird game. It was incredibly sloppy, but it felt like they missed opportunities. They were only up 6 nothing at the half. They had all those goal-line chances. That's why I say... I mean, you do that stuff against a quality opponent, like a Clemson is above and beyond a quality opponent. That's a team on the road. You're gonna have to play essentially perfect. You yeah, can't no. have any you mishaps. Have but if you do that against a Notre Dame and don't capitalize in the red zone or whatnot, you're not I just, beating
0: Notre Dame the way you played against Florida yeah. State, even though it was still dominant.
1: Right I mean, the the second like, half was great. I just but, think
0: the defense was the thing that I took the most away from from that Florida State game. Yeah. And from all these games. Although there were some lapses in that UConn game at times. There was. I mean,
1: Pindell just ran right up the gut, 75 yards, untouched one play. And that had shades of a Syracuse defense from two or three years ago. It seems
0: like there's these mental lapses. And again, you can't have those against a team like Clemson. You're going to have to play 60 minutes of football defensively. But against other teams, they've looked very, very dominant. Yeah. And so when you were going up against Western Michigan, I believe it's the left side of that offensive line is, like, all all Mac. Yeah. And, like, you were going up against future pro prospects on that Western Michigan offensive line.
1: But that was the game where they didn't get as many they sacks. They didn't get as many sacks. They got one but, sack, I think, in that yeah, game or whatever. Man. Yeah. And, you know, it's gotten progressively better. They got a couple against Wagner. Then they get, I think, four against Florida State and six last week against UConn in terms of sacks. But... You talk about how that left tackle was just a turnstile. It's stuff like that that makes me not devalue the win because it was a good win. It was a huge win for the program. Dino's speech was definitely warranted all that. Tommy DeVito played great. And the reason why it's hard to say it devalued is because they blew him out of the water. It wasn't even close in the second half. But I still just didn't get the feeling that they played a great game that day for some reason. I think a lot of that is just because it was a sloppy first half. When I watched the first half, it wasn't like, wow, Syracuse rose to the occasion. It was, wow, this Florida State team is a train wreck right now, and Willie Taggart's got
0: some work to do. Okay, a couple more things I want to hit on before we we get out of here. Let's just start with some injury stuff. Ravion Pierce injury, are you making a big deal out of it?
1: I'm not, and you know I think Ravion Pierce is a great talent. I think he has been... One of the most reliable pass catchers, I guess, on this team. He has some added bonus with his blocking and all that. But at the end of the day, he was only catching a pass every once in a while. It wasn't like... I thought he was, he was catching being, touchdowns. I thought he was being underutilized overall, though. Yes, he was a red zone target, but... I don't think it changes too much, and I think they have other options at tight end that we'll slowly start to see more. Maybe we see Elmore get out and maybe catch some passes. I don't know. You Ga- know what
0: I think about Chris Elmore? Yeah, you know, I know what you think about Chris they're playing, Elmore. They're playing 10-on-11 football when he's playing
1: Well, when they split him end, out wide. When it's they split him joke. out wide, it's 10-on-11
0: yeah. football. Yeah. I mean, Hackett— Because I, I don't think I've seen him block a guy when he's split out wide.
1: No, and that's why he's out there. He's a good there. fullback. Yeah.
0: A, he should never touch the ball. And B, he is useless when split out. Yeah, I mean, it just looks embarrassing. It's a loss. Pierce helped them
1: out in that Clemson game a lot last year. He caught four passes, I think, for 65 yards in that Clemson game. He is one of the most talented players on the roster. At the same time, he was making a lot of, you know, mental mistakes on the field at times. And, I just didn't feel like he was maker or breaking any game. Yes, he was a red zone threat, but at the end of the day, I don't think it means too much.
0: So here's the reason why I, I think this is a huge loss. It's because, again, you mentioned against Florida State, this team struggled immensely in the red zone. You don't have the guy like Steve Ishmael anymore. You don't have a running back that you really trust at the goal line as much. Yeah, I mean, Dante Strickland has five touchdowns this year, but you don't trust a lot of your running backs. Now, yeah. Eric Dungy, I guess, is the one guy you can trust around the goal line. Yeah, but he's been great, obviously. How often, especially against Clemson, do you want to feed him to the Wolves like that? No. And send him head first against Cleveland Farrell and Christian Wilkins? Absolutely not. No. Exactly. And
1: Jamal Custis, Custis should, he should it, be It that should guy. be
0: Custis. And he, he looked great in the first game. He's shown flashes of brilliance. He's dropping some balls He's now. not looked good since that first and game. And I think that with, with Custis... I, you just gotta keep feeding him because yeah. good things are gonna happen.
1: Well, he's but, he's gonna show some inconsistency because he hasn't played until this year. I right. mean, he he's a senior, yes, but he hasn't been on the field consistently until this year.
0: But seriously, who are you taking if you're the Clemson defense? Who are you taking seriously in the red zone? Eric Dungey, Jamal Custis. That's yeah. it. And
1: even Custis, you think like, Sean
0: Riley scares anyone on no, that defense?
1: No, I mean Devin Butler. Sean Riley it, had Devin a Butler. G- get-
0: has disappeared.
1: Yeah, Devin Butler's been bad. And there, you can go wide receiver by wide receiver. I like what I've seen from Taj Harris right now. I have two. He's only caught three passes. One of them was a touchdown against Wagner, the first pass of his college career. Um, but look, Jamal Custis has been wildly inconsistent. He should be that red zone threat. Yeah. He's the perfect size, frame, whatever you want to call Speed. it to throw up a fade to in that type of scenario. But I don't ever see them doing that, and I can't visualize him bringing it down over a Clemson DB right now.
0: You know the guy who's really impressed me, too? Nakeem Johnson. Yeah. I, li- I like what I see out of yeah, him so far. Had, I think he could be that guy, give him, like, a year or two. He's a
1: lot faster than I thought. Yeah, Like, once he, he could be gets an in the open field. He could be
0: that All-American guy who's going to put up— He's not necessarily All-American talent, yeah. but he's going to put up All-American numbers.
1: Yeah. I think— I think what's going to happen with the wide receivers, Devin Butler, he just hasn't had any big playability. He's just been kind of that throw-it-out-towards-a-screen type of guy. Johnson has big playability. Even Sean Riley kind of does, but he's still not the most sure-handed. I think we're going to start to see some of these younger guys, maybe even a Sherrod Johnson. I think a Taj Harris is going to be one of the top three or four receivers by the end of the season because they're only going to get better.
0: And also— I mean, Dino's got to make a decision, too. Do you want to utilize any more games from Tosh Harris? Yeah. Because do you want to redshirt him, or do That's you think true. he's a vital piece of what you're doing I think they forward? need him, honestly. I do, too. Especially if I someone gets injured. It.
1: Imagine if, uh, right now, the two most concerning things for the Syracuse team, in terms of injuries, is if a tackle gets injured, specifically if Cody Conway gets injured. Because then you have to go, right now the backup tackle is Carlos Veterello, who's a true freshman, freshman, not much of a name. I mean, he was a three- or four-star. I think he was a three-star guy. Nothing spectacular, and if you just throw him into the Wolves in ACC play, at left tackle, one of the biggest positions in the game, that could be concerning. And also, if a Custis or a wide receiver goes down, then it becomes very thin because Syracuse's offense is predicated on spreading it out wide, getting four or five wide receiver sets in there, and letting Eric Dungy do his thing. And if one of them goes down, especially if it's Custis, then you're really limited.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, the red zone inefficiency this year, that's why I think Pierce is kind of a big loss. He does make some boneheaded plays, like you said. Mm-hmm. He'll set you back 15 yards, but he'll score a touchdown for you. Yeah, and I mean, I guess don't get me it's wrong. The, it's the risk-reward thing, and I think the fact that Dino Baber still throws him out there on the field just kind of shows that he's willing to take the, the pending reward and accept the risk with it. Um. All right. Let's get into the spread. Twenty four points. It's
1: ridiculous. I mean, I don't know what <laughs> more to. Say. I I thought so. I was sitting there with one of our buddies, and we were we hadn't seen the spread yet. This was maybe Monday morning, Monday afternoon, something like that. And we're going through it and just trying to you know plan our head the guess the line type game. Yeah. And we guessed. I guessed fourteen. I, I thought the spread was going to be fourteen. Our friend guessed 17
0: or 18. I guess 17. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, maybe that they're was... They're spotting
0: him an extra touchdown. And I think it opened up at, like, 22. Yeah. So that means, like, it's the, money's, the money's flowing in on Clemson.
1: Yeah. And not to mention... So the reason why I said 14 is because Syracuse has been killing Vegas this year. They're 4-0, they're 4-0 right now. Good teams shout win. Out, great teams cover. Yeah. Shout-out Andre Smith for that field goal at the end of the UConn game. Because now they're 4-0 <laughs> against the spread. I think they were, what, 27 and a half against UConn, and they covered that barely. So, obviously, the Florida State game, that was, they've been killing Vegas and they've been killing against the spread. So, that's why I thought, if anything, it would go more in the direction of Syracuse. But I was shocked when I saw 22 and now it's rising. That makes me even more surprised.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that just shows kind of a lack of respect right now, I think, around the Syracuse program. 24 points. Yes, you're on the road, so maybe spot. I think that's.
1: Ten points, eight points for them being at home versus in the dome. Like I think that's okay, eight heavy. point swing. Yeah, yeah, because that place is unreal. I mean, that's a really tough atmosphere. Dino admitted in his press conference this week, like they couldn't even hear last time they were yeah. there when they got shut 54-0, out.
0: Fifty-four nothing, right? Yeah, fifty-four. If I'm re- remembering correctly, It's yeah.
1: weird because Clemson is the team that has the Revenge factor, and that's what's going to be talked about. But in a way, Syracuse is also looking for vengeance going down there because yeah, this Sy- is Syracuse
0: like, is still trying to prove itself, yeah. And totally. they know that th- this game, I think, even if they lose, I know you disagree, but even if they lose, there's a chance they still can crack that top 25. If it would some have to be fall.
1: an impressive loss, and uh, you know, Clemson plays great, they play great, they go back and forth, and Clemson just squeaks it out at home. That type of game. Yeah,
0: or or, or overtime, do too. Do you
1: think they hang in here? Like I do. yeah. No, I
0: think this is competitive for 60 minutes. I do think Clemson probably pulls away at the end. Right. But at the same time, like, if you do... I, I wrote a piece on OrangeFizz.net about what has to go right. And if you do some of these things, I do think there's a chance Syracuse could steal this game again. And I, I remember I was at ACC Media Day, and I was talking to the Clemson radio broadcaster, and he was saying how... He doesn't think that Clemson has as great of a shot this year against Syracuse as they did last year. And and last oh, yeah. year Syracuse he Syracuse is getting better. Last too. year he was going on radio shows in Syracuse saying, like, Tigers aren't out of the woods yet. Yeah. He thought that there was a chance This that is this Don could Munson, be a, right? Uh yes. Yeah. Um he thought this, there was a chance that Syracuse could pull that upset, and boy was he right. And yeah, I remember he was advocating and in,
1: in, in telling people, look, this could be an upset. This isn't crazy. And last year was 23 or 24-point spread, too.
0: The way that Syracuse plays, it doesn't match up well with Clemson. Because no. the speed of the flow and, and what Syracuse wants to do offensively, they're going to be able to put up points against the defense. They tire defense. out
1: defensive linemen, and that is where Clemson's backbone is really on defense. Yeah. I mean, they haven't intercepted a pass. They're blowing Sarah or they're getting blown out by Syracuse in that regard right now. The thing that concerns me though from a Syracuse side of things is the secondary because I think where this game's going to be won and lost is if Syracuse can eliminate the big plays or at least minimize the big plays. Now, Clemson didn't really have too many big plays at the tail end of last year. That was kind of why they went from national title contender to like a so-so like good CFP type of team was because they weren't getting those home run plays that they've sort of been known for. But this wide receiver group has tons of speed, and I just worried that Syracuse has been prone to give up big plays, and especially in an environment like that. That's what concerns me, is I could see the secondary running into problems. Now, if the secondary does their job, this is a winnable game, and they can keep things close.
0: Yeah, for me, the way I see it is that You've got four guys in the secondary that I think have been very good and borderline studs. Frederick has played great. Frederick has been unbelievable. Cisco, of course. Cisco's been great. I think Antoine Cordy is flying under the radar, but I think he's had a quietly good season. He's just like. The way that they Stoic utilize him as that Nickelback, it, it, it kind of goes under the radar. Like you, when I say Nickelback, like can you name a single player that played <laughs> no. Nickelback in the NFL? No. no, you can't. It's just a crappy band. Uh, <laughs> That's all I think of. Um, and then um, Evan Foster, I think, has been pretty good yeah.
1: too. Yeah. Well, the uh, thing with Cordy too is he's a little banged up right now, right. so you worry about that. I, I agree. Though. But the guy
0: who needs to step up if Syracuse is going to win this game is Scoop Scoop, Ratt, Scoop yeah. Bradshaw. I mean, this is a guy who came into the year saying, "I want eight picks."
1: You've got you don't some have work to, to do, picks. pal. You just
0: gotta, you, yeah. You, you gotta break up some passes you. and not get burned against a guy like Dwayne Eskridge.
1: Let's face it, and you know, I mean no disrespect when I say this, but if Dabo and those guys are meeting right now on the Clemson side to discuss film, they're looking at Scoop and saying, "All right, this is kind of the weak point of the Syracuse secondary right now, and we're going to attack him." And the question is, against a legitimate ACC opponent. How can that secondary hang in there? Because they are talented, they're deep. Trevor Lawrence can sling it. They've got great wide receivers, and that's where this game goes from, okay, Clemson's going to win to it could get real ugly if they expose the Syracuse secondary. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's my concern.
0: All right. Do you want to do a prediction real quick? Let's do it. All right. I, <sighs> I, I hadn't think even Cle- thought about it. I think Clemson wins this one by two touchdowns. Yeah. It'll be a ten to fourteen point game. This, I is, think, this is going to uh, be a lot closer than people think.
1: I think it's twenty-one points. Smith nails a field goal at the wire again for a little backdoor cover for Syracuse. <laughs> they're they're five and zero oh in that regard, so they do cover. They're not going to you know really turn too many heads just because Clemson is so good. I that's really where I'm at with this game. I just think Clemson is unreal and what they've done so far. They've rolled over teams. Texas A&M. The win on the road was by two points, but that's a win in a hostile environment. Georgia Tech last week was on the road, and they crushed them. Now, I think Syracuse is better than Georgia Tech, but they're back at home. They're not going to take Syracuse lightly after last year. I think they're going to actually jump out to the lead and just hold it throughout and win by 21, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think Syracuse is going to pick off Tra- They're going to make Trevor Lawrence look kind of vulnerable. Yeah, he'll throw a pick, I'd say. I think he'll he's going to... He's gonna look like a freshman at times in this game. Yeah, and he's I think, still
1: got that in him a little bit yeah. for sure. I mean he's
0: thrown two picks already this year.
1: Yeah. He had a pick against Georgia Tech, and that you know, he hasn't even played a full game yet. So yeah. that you gotta factor that in. His numbers are still pretty staggering for the amount of time. Yeah, I think he's, he's played. got what,
0: nine touchdowns? Yeah, he's it's like he's 20, impressive. Yeah. But he's still a freshman. Yeah. And this so.
1: is a big moment for him too. I mean, first start, I don't care what you know he is the number one recruit in the country but he's going to be feeling the butterflies and if Syracuse can get that defensive line after him like they did against Florida State and UConn he'll be really feeling it
0: all right let's wrap this thing up he's Tim Leonard I'm Tyler Rocky. that's all we've got for you here on the FizzCast we'll have plenty more Clemson coverage as we move throughout the week Hey, uh, Jonathan Hoppy's actually going to be yeah, down there. Yeah, he is. I'm going to be down yep. there as well. So we're going to have a good time down in Clemson, South Carolina. I feel like Jonathan Hoppy is just our road trip guy. Yeah. Like I'm sure
1: fans I don't know have starting to pick up on this. I, I don't
0: know if this is still the plan, but he told me he's like, yeah, like I'm hoping for a, a late Georgia start. And I think Georgia's starting decently late.
1: Yeah, I, I can't remember. I, don't know I, what time I think it starting, didn't but, work because oh, it's not gonna work out. Yeah, I, because Syracuse oh, is at noon.
0: Yeah, because so yeah. Basically, what he wanted to do is he's gonna go to Clemson, and then after the Clemson's game over, he's gonna write up his little post, and then he's gonna go down to Georgia and go to the Georgia game. Yeah, I can't remember what time
1: that. That's game a doubleheader. That would That's be a, a doubleheader. And
0: here's the thing too: is like these Syracuse games are so long. I'm not convinced he would have made it down. Yeah. It. So here's the thing with hoppy i was convinced that it was going to
1: somehow magically work out i just don't know how it always does for him but when he goes on these road trips he's got like a golden horseshoe and it just (laughs) all weaves together beautifully like for a while he thought this road trip was going to align with east lake and the tour championship for the pga tour in Uh atlanta and i was like oh that's perfect like that's so fitting you're gonna go see tiger get a win and it would have made so much sense, but we were off on the dates and he was actually you know, of course that happened last weekend, so it didn't align, but that was one of the few times where it hasn't gone his way. He's gonna get a break in this road trip. I'm just waiting for it. Must
0: be tough. Going to <laughs> go and spending a weekend down in Clemson. Brutal life. All right, that's gonna do it for us. He's Tim Leonard. I'm Tyler Aki. We'll see you next time. Fizz Nation. Be sure to follow us everywhere at Orange Fizz on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and also subscribe and rate on iTunes. We'll see you next week.